glorified today. In this hour, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In this hour, Lord, be glorified today. Let's take our Bibles, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter number 1. John, chapter number 1, and I see that there's some guests visiting this morning. Thank you so much for being here today. I will say, um, our pastor is not here this morning. He is on vacation, so you owe it to yourself, for those that are your first time, to come back and get to hear a pastor, get to meet Pastor Shot. He's been here for 38 years, and that says a lot about someone who just comes and stays and who's faithful, keeps serving God, and I know he is a great mentor in my life. I look up to him tremendously and grateful for the opportunity to stand here today and go through the, uh, the Bible study. And so we'll go here in John chapter number one. A couple weeks ago, we started, we started on a um, Sunday night um, but we, two weeks ago, we talked about, uh, on the Harvest Thanksgiving dinner that day, we talked about that phrase in verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And we focused in on that, and uh, it was just, we saw how Jesus was the sinless Lamb. He was perfect. Uh, he, did, he, did not, he was the one that was sinless. We were the sinners. He was sinless. He was the Lamb who suffered for us, and He was the Lamb who was sacrificed Himself for us. And the, the big idea or the main point of it really was just to really focus in on that we need to start with Jesus to understand who we are. And what that means in, in context of that was we were the sinners. We were the ones who deserved to, to die on that cross and pay for our sins. But Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, stepped in and he took that away from us. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, did all that for us. And three weeks ago, uh, first 18 verses of John chapter 1, we looked at, and really we could have probably spent a long time, and just in uh, verse number 1 of John 1, 1, there's a lot in that verse. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we looked all through those 18 verses there and looked how Jesus is, in fact, the eternal God. Just right there in John 1, 1, you can see that. And Jesus is the Creator God. He was before all things, and by Him all things consist. And looked at Jesus is the Savior God. And we talked talked about that two weeks ago in the message as well, uh, looked at Jesus as the human God. And not that he wasn't God, but he was 100% man, and he was 100% God. And uh, there we could see just simply on the cross how he did not, uh, he, or he willingly laid his life down, but he did not appeal to his uh, his attributes, or his, he could, and he set those aside. He could have called 10,000 angels, uh, he could have consumed everybody, stopped everything that was going on, but he willingly became uh, a sacrifice for us. He was that human God. And lastly, we also looked at Jesus is the only God. Not one of many. No, no. He is the only 
God. Uh, Jesus says in scriptures that no man cometh unto the Father. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's not one of those things, oh, Jesus Christ is good for these people over here, and this religion or this idea over here. That's No, Jesus Christ. He is the only way. He is the only, the only God. And we're going to look at verse number 35, and we'll f- finish chapter number 1 today. But really, I want to just, by way of introduction, say to you this morning that uh, we're starting here in verse 35 through 51, starting again with Jesus, to understand God's will for your life. And you'll see very quickly that as a child of God, as a born-again child of God, if you acknowledged and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll notice that all of us have different roles and different jobs, but we all have the same Mission, And that's the Great Commission, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll see that here today, beginning here in verse number 35. John 1, 35 says, Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, uh, we don't know exactly both of these disciples who they are. Uh, we know that one for sure is Andrew. We believe that the other one would be John, the writer of the Gospel of John. Uh, but the John that they're talking about in verse 35, not to confuse everybody, okay, the John that they're, uh, the, the, the next day, John stood. That's John the Baptist. So John, the, uh, the disciple, the beloved, who's the, author, the, the writer of the book of John, is writing about John the Baptist. And uh, so the next day, John stood and two of his disciples, verse 36, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, here's this phrase again, behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, what Seek ye. They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Before we go any further, I'd like to just stop and ask on God's blessing upon the remainder of the service. Heavenly Father, God, I do ask you now, Lord, to help me. Lord, help me to speak your word, not my words, Lord, this morning. God, I do pray that through the Bible study this morning that you would speak to hearts directly. Lord, you know the need and the condition of every heart in this room. Help us to leave here uh, changed uh, for the better, more like Christ. Help us to apply these things to our life on a daily basis. Help us not to just put in our time this morning, although we're grateful for those that have came. But help us to truly understand the reason for it all, and it's because of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we head into these, uh, this Christmas season, Lord, uh, the, you are uh, the true reason for this season. Help us to just very boldly and um, on purpose, Lord, speak the name of Christ and help us to be challenged today by your word. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Uh, the end of verse 39 there, the 10th hour, really probably uh, the, about 4 or 5 o'clock, close to dinner time, and John the Baptist here is handing off two of his followers, or two of his disciples, he's handing them off to Jesus Christ. He's pointing them to Christ. And it may not seem like a big deal, but it's, it's very significant. Once again, we could see the humility of John the Baptist. We looked at that over the last couple of weeks, but really John the Baptist is a very humble servant of Christ. Remember he said, I'm not even worthy to unlatch his shoelace. And that would have been the lowest and lowest of jobs that you could possibly have. And John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy to do that job. But he's looking at his ministry. John the Baptist is looking at his purpose, his mission, and it is bringing people, not to John the Baptist, but bringing people to Jesus, pointing people to Jesus Christ. Uh, we used that phrase a couple weeks ago that we'd use in our vocabulary today, that John was, he was trending. He was going viral. And I uh, said the 815 service, maybe 
I don't still use that anymore, but I was a youth pastor for many years. We use that word all the time. So John the Baptist, there was a circle. He had a following. A lot of people were interested in what he was talking about, right? So they actually formed a committee. The Jews formed a committee of priests and Levites, and they went out and they interrogated him. And who are you? What are you trying to do? What's your message? You don't have our permission. They wanted to know what was going on. And once again, we see that John the Baptist was all about Jesus Christ. So verse 35 and 36, John is with his two of his disciples, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, again, pointing them to Christ. And what an example that should be to all of us. If you are a born child of God, you've asked Christ to come to your heart and save you, it is, you don't just, if <laughs> there's a purpose why we're still here. If we were just uh, saved in order to go to heaven, he, he would take us right away. But we are here for a specific reason, and that is to speak the name of Jesus Christ and to give people the gospel. So let me ask you this morning, how are you doing with pointing people to Jesus Christ? How are we doing? I truly believe where I am today, and I'm not saying because I'm standing up here in front of you, but spiritually speaking, in my personal walk with the Lord, I am here today because of people in my life that didn't point me to them, but they pointed me to the word of God. They pointed me to Jesus Christ, and they said, this is important, read it. Uh, read the word of God, and they would say, hey, what you, what you determine to do with the Bible is what the Lord's going to decide to do with you. Make much of Jesus Christ, studying his word, and uh, making it a practice to read it each and every day. Uh, you think about this, right? I thought about this just Thanksgiving Day. We stuffed ourselves. And it was, it's amazing, right? I already know, like, I'm not a betting person, but if I was, I would have placed a bet on my first kid who would have said, I'm hungry, right after we got done eating. And um, they said that about five minutes later, I'm hungry. I said, you have no excuse why you're hungry right now. It's just because you didn't feast on what was put before you. But you think about this, right? You can't make it, spiritually speaking, with just coming to church on a Sunday morning or every couple weeks. I'm not saying that uh, church is not important. Church is important, but... Try this one time. Physically, eat a meal Sunday morning, and then don't eat the rest of the week. Many of us wouldn't be here <laughs> the next week. Um, but you, you can't. You physically can't do that. You know, after Thanksgiving meal, a couple hours later, I was. I was looking for some leftovers. I was looking for some dessert that I probably shouldn't have had, seconds and thirds on that. But I was, I was hungry again. And when you fill yourself up with the Word of God, and when you come to church, it's not just, okay, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the week. No, it's, it's a daily walk with the Lord. So important. So important to fill your heart with the word of God. Uh, he will never lead you astray. So I, honestly, I believe I'm here because people pointed me to Jesus Christ. Now, keep in mind, people don't belong to us, okay? Uh, let me say this this way. I don't want to draw people to Caleb Schnur. Uh, now, I want to have friends, and I want to be liked, okay? It would be weird if I didn't say that. I'd be a jerk if I said, no, I don't care if anybody likes me. Um, but at the same time, it's like, no, I don't want them to... I want to point them to Jesus Christ. Having them over uh, for dinner and just talking about sports and whatever, that, that's, but are you speaking the name of Christ in their life? Just this past week I shared earlier, um, there was this, this lady at the grocery store as I, was, as I was there, and she said, I'm so glad, so glad Thanksgiving's over. I said, oh, that's, I said, that's so sad. She's like, well, for personal reasons, I can't tell you why I'm th glad Thanksgiving is over. And I understand that Thanksgiving holiday times can be, can be a difficult time for some people. But I just said this, and it came out. And as I said, I was like, I wonder if I offended her, which I don't think if I did, it, it, was, it was helpful, not hurtful. But I said, you know what? With Jesus Christ in your life, every day is a day to be thankful for. 
and I, and I wanted to speak the name to Christ to her, not for, oh, I, I, I did it again, Lord, I, I did it again. No, I want her to know there's more to life than just working at a grocery store and being depressed about everything. Jesus Christ is the one that comes in, and he does the changing. He's the one that brings eternal joy and happiness. And so we should, as Christians, our mission should be pointing people to Jesus Christ. Because I, Caleb Schnur, I'm, I'm going to disappoint people. I'm going to let them down. But Jesus Christ will never left them down. So let me pause and ask you this question once again. How are you doing in the area of pointing people to Christ? Is it just every once in a while? Is it just, oh, they don't even know you're a Christian? Uh, I tell you what, you sit down and you, uh, at your workplace and you sit down and you say, hey, let's, let's pray for this meal. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that won't go over well, but you right there, you can pray for your meal right there and you can thank the Lord for how good he is to you. And uh, you can, uh, oftentimes, something happens and it's not a, a flippant thing. I know sometimes we could joke about it and just say it as a phrase, but next time something happens at your workplace, praise the Lord. Hey, amen. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, speak, speak the name, and uh, they're going to notice that there's a difference. So they should know that there is a difference. We must have a kingdom mentality, okay? Not a Harvest Baptist Church kingdom mentality, not this group or this person or this clique over here, but we need to be all about his kingdom, Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here, to point people to Christ. I was speaking with... Um, I think they're out of town today, but I was speaking with Rob and Eva last week, right before they got baptized, and uh, Rob had asked me, he says, Caleb, have you, ever, have you ever been to Israel? And I don't know if he was trying to find some Christmas present for me uh, for Christmas time to give me a trip to, to Israel, I don't know, but uh, I said, no, I've never been. I'd like to go, but I said, but if I never get, in, get to it in this lifetime... I said, I think I'll just wait till Jesus comes back and we reign with him for a thousand years. It might look a little bit different then, but I think Jesus might be a better tour guide uh, than any other tour guide that you could find over there. Now, if somebody wants to let me go to Israel, that's, I, I, that's okay. I won't, I won't stop you there. But what I'm saying is this. I was telling him this. I said, you know what's amazing? I said, no matter what happens down here, we win in the end. And it's because of Christ. No matter what happens down here, no matter what you're going through, now, we do, we do want peace, and we do want uh, some relief to some things, and there's some tough struggles that I know that we go through, but no matter what, as a, as a born again child of God, we win in the end because of Jesus Christ. So we must have that mentality, and that's John's mentality, handing people to Jesus Christ. Look at verse number, uh, back to 38, uh, John 1, 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? So what is happening here? Who is, uh, who, who's speaking here, and who are they speaking to? Tell them, tell me. I know it's church. We don't like to talk in church. But uh, who, who is talking, who are they talking to? Jesus. And who are they talking to? Or who is he talking to? Excuse me. Those disciples, okay? And uh, he says, what, are, what seek thee? Why, why are you following me? And... Um, and so look at, look at verse, verse number 39. He saith unto them, look, if you have a habit of marking your Bible, underline these next three words. Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, and for it was about the tenth hour. So Jesus said, come and see. Come and follow me. Come over to my house and spend time with me. Now this phrase... Uh, that I'm about to say is not original to me. Uh, I've heard other preachers say it. I don't know if it's original to them, but somebody probably eventually came up with it. But uh, Jesus Christ says these words, come and see. And so really we find, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but the come and see ministry or the mentality of come and see. Jesus says, come and spend some time with me. Come and see as we do ministry together. This is a vital part of discipleship. This is a vital part of growing in our Christian faith is to spend time with other believers and to serve with one another. This is really a vital part of, of that, spending time and doing hands-on ministry, if you will. And now, don't misunderstand, we are not 
Praise the Lord. We are not Jesus, okay? Uh, we are imperfect. We make, we make mistakes. But if you could track me on this thought, when we, when we do the come and see ministry, when we invite people into our lives, there's a transparency that is happening there. You're inviting people in to see there is a difference in my life, not because of Caleb Schnur, but because of Jesus Christ. And um, we could go around the room and give testimony to those that were saved at a young age or an old age, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but there's, so no matter when you got saved, there's such a powerful change that Jesus Christ can bring. And that's what, there is, come, come and see, come and see, the come and see ministry. So think about this with me. If you've known Jesus for a long time, what I'm saying is if you've acknowledged and accepted Christ as your Savior, or it's been recent, um, who is someone who's impacted you the most? Who is it that you have impact, been impacted the most? Can I just dare say, I would say this. Probably not someone that just stands up and lectures and preaches at you, although that's a good thing to come and, and, and open up the Word of God, but probably someone who spent time with you personally, praying for you, praying with you, investing in you, sharing Bible studies with you, but personally saying, come and see. Come on over and let's, let's do this together. Um, it's not something, I would dare say that it's not just someone that really just got up and one time talked to you. Now, many of you maybe have a testimony. Yeah, one time I heard a preacher preach this message, I got saved, but you have someone else that maybe didn't lead you to the Lord, but they've impacted you greatly because they invested in you, and not because of anything they've done, but because they said, come and see, come and see, and, and learn. Uh, people that actually invested and prayed for you. Now, I'm not promoting, okay, I'm not promoting a social gospel club that all we do is spend time and drink coffee, uh, even though that sounds pretty good right now, but uh, we, but we, we, and we never talk about the Word of God. I'm, no, I'm talking about it's, it's twofold, okay? Share the gospel, but also get together, and there needs to be an encouragement. There needs to be uh, not forsaking the assembly together, but getting together. I'm thankful for that verse, that promise that we have, that whether two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. And we as Christians need to demonstrate this in our lives, and there needs to be a difference. If I could tell you a, a silly story. I shared this years ago when I was here. I don't know if anybody would remember this, but I was, I was in between uh, jobs, uh, in between jobs about in 2016, and I was doing some part-time work, and someone had mentioned to me, hey, I got this work-from-home job from you, and most of the times that alliterates to scam, um, but this time it was, seemed a little bit uh, legitimate, so I looked into it. They sent me this training video, and I'm, I'm sitting down, and I'm watching this. It was the, the job of, really, it was selling supplement pills to people that was supposed to be healthy and all natural. I don't know. I didn't do any deep research on it, but I said, I'll be willing to take a look at it. And um, the, the, I guess one of the main vitamins they had in it was the, their selling point was what new, newborn babies get from their moms, that vitamin that they need. And so they said that was what was in this pill. And so this guy sits down and he's explaining all of the benefits of what this does and the research, clinical research that they have done. And I'm looking around the mo this, this morning here, and this is not to take offense to anybody in here. Um, but the guy that was explaining this to me, he had no hair, whether he shaved it or whether he was bald. And by the way, I think hair is just a phase because I was born bald and I'll probably go, to, uh, go home bald as well. But anyways, nonetheless, this guy that was telling this to me, I literally had to like dim the screen of my computer because it was just so bright uh, when I was looking at this guy. And he's going, and then all of a sudden he mentions this, okay? He says, also, we've noticed that it helps with hair loss. And um, I just stopped and I thought, wait a second. Maybe, maybe he got introduced after, um, or maybe there's not a reversal once you start taking this pill, but I just thought, wait a second. I don't, I don't know if his message is lining up with who he is. Uh, and that wasn't one of the main reasons, but that was one of the red flags. I said, I don't know, because this is the video I'm going to be sending to people to see if they would like to, to sell these uh, 
I guess I would have been a drug dealer. I didn't think about that until right now. But uh, um, legally, uh, oh, oh man. But uh, anyways, I thought about this. There was no, I didn't see a change. And so what I'm saying with that crazy, silly story is this, is if we are not living out the gospel and we're not saying come and see, come and see what Christ has done in my life, the message that we give won't make any difference. It's still the power of the gospel, but it won't line up. There's no change. There's no change. There's got to be a change. And I'm not saying we fake something. I'm not saying that we, uh, I'd want to be careful. The, the gospel is free. It's not a sales pitch, okay? But if I can use that word that says, hey, if that guy was selling me this thing and it didn't line up, I was immediately turned off to it. But if our life is not a, being an example of Jesus Christ and his power and what he's done, you're going to have a hard time sharing the gospel with other people. And so come and see ministry. We need to invite people into our lives and spend time with them, uh, pointing, not to ourselves, pointing people to Jesus Christ. Growing the Lord needs to be more than just lecturing about the Bible. Yes, it needs to be taught, but we absolutely need to be living out the gospel and point people to Christ with our lives. Now, I'm for um, marriage retreats and, and seminars and, and conferences and books, all from a biblical Christian perspective. I'm not against those things. Uh, but you know what's one thing that really has been probably the most influential in my wife and I's marriage is spending time with an older married couple who has been there, has done that, and is still doing that. Uh, and it's because of Jesus Christ and to hearing, hearing from them how they got through things and how the Lord taught them through things. That is, that is a very powerful thing. And so, again, the come and see ministry. How do we, uh, you know, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, hang on. Let me move on. Verse, verse number 40. Verse number 40. Hope you caught that, okay? And the come and see ministry. Not, not bringing them to us, but bringing them to Christ. Verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak, um, or one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, I love this. Look at the next few words, how they describe Andrew. Simon, Peter's brother. Uh, how would you like to be introduced and just say, oh yeah, this is so-and-so. Most of the time you want to be introduced as you're your own person, right? But here we see Jesus is calling his followers and probably starts off more than likely with John, the writer, the disciple, that John the Beloved. Uh, John doesn't speak much about himself, just like John the Baptist. John, uh, the, the writer here, a very humble man. And um, many of the things that we do know about John, we actually see at the cross that we looked at several weeks ago as well, where John was at the cross and Jesus said to him, behold thy mother. Jesus was giving him the responsibility to say, take care of my mother. So we could see there was a closeness between John, uh, the, the beloved. There was a humbleness. There was a trustworthiness. He trusted uh, John with his mother. And now um, verse number 40 again, uh, all the way through, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Simon Peter's brother, uh, verse 41, he first findeth his own brother Simon and said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So Andrew here, wait, so Andrew follows Jesus don't get much about him right away, but Andrew follows Jesus, and then what's he do? He goes and gets his brother, and his name first is, did we catch that? Okay, Simon. Uh, he goes and gets him, and Jesus says to him, um, uh, your name is going to be Cephas, which is the interpreted stone. So I love this description of Andrew here in verse 40. John is saying, yeah, this is Peter's brother. We know a lot about Peter, right? We know a lot about Peter today. He wrote First and Second Peter. Uh, he was part of the inner three, Peter, James, and John. There was a closeness that he had with Jesus Christ. Peter was very close to Jesus. 
Peter was also very vocal. We see that through scriptures. A lot of times he got himself in trouble with being uh, vocal and being bold. And we also see many times that Peter, um, that he had some times of being a coward, uh, but there was more times that he had boldness. But the point is this, Andrew is not as well known as Peter, but Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Do you see that? We don't know a lot about Andrew. Uh, we know a little bit, but we know a lot about Peter. But Andrew now has been credited. Anything that, and I'm not saying that Peter, Andrew does that for that reason, but Peter goes on and we read about many things that Peter does, but that goes back to fruit to Andrew's account. He brought Peter to Jesus. Andrew has a significant role now in the kingdom, and some historical resources tell us that Andrew quite possibly took the gospel all the way to Russia and Greece, and uh, also the, some resources tell us that he, was, he died a martyr's death. He was crucified on an X-shaped cross, and we don't have a lot of rock-solid info about Andrew, but what's here is really important is that we all need to stop and consider you can never fully know the power, the impact of one life that's brought to Christ what Christ can do with that one life. If I can go back to those words, that's why it's so important, Christians. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see what Christ has done in my life. And hopefully, hopefully there's a change. Hopefully there's a change, not to get any of our own glory, but to bring all glory to Jesus Christ. And so we know a lot about Peter. When Peter first comes to Jesus, Jesus changes his name. His name was first Simon. Jesus changes it to Peter or Cephas, which means um, stone. Can you imagine, though, Imagine meeting somebody for the first time. You tell them their name. They say, no, 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 that's not your name. Now your name is going to be, and they give you a name. Um, I don't know, but if I put myself in that situation, just very quickly, I would be like, what in the world's going on? But they, they could see the power that Jesus had, and that Jesus changes Peter, changes his name. Uh, he says, your name is now Stone. The significance about this is Jesus can see the potential of what Peter is going to do. And yes, there was times that Peter uh, failed. Uh, he denied Jesus, not once, right? Not twice, but three times he denied Jesus. But we see here in verse 42, Jesus changes Peter. Jesus changes Peter. And when we see Peter preaching at Pentecost and thousands of people coming to Christ and placing their faith in him, uh, we see that Andrew had a part in that because Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Um, I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning, but you think about, um, you think about this, this, this church, right? How do, how do people come to Jesus? A lot of times, a lot of times it's just a simple invitation. Hey, come to church, come to church with me. Now, I'm not comparing Jesus Christ and the church. They're not, they're not equal, but a lot of times people come to church, and that's the first time they hear about Jesus Christ, and they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, I want to if I, could, if I could pick on someone, I, I feel bad. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Jeff, I'm going to pick on you. So if I was to ask you, Jeff, you got saved. Well, you're coming up on your one-year birthday here. What, what, when did you get saved? December 11th. December 11th last year. Okay, so what is one of the changes that you've seen? If you could pick one change, what is one change that you've seen Jesus Christ do in your life? If you, and give me a 30-second version, please. Jesus paid that debt. And I didn't rehearse that. I didn't practice that at all. And I, I think they might be out of town today. I was hoping they were here. But I think about how, Jeff, how were you invited to church? Uh, my, my brother. 
<laughs> what, a way to, what a way to be invited. But he said, come and see. And he came to church, and Jeff came to church, and it wasn't the first time, but later down the road, he, he got the gospel, and he got saved. And now look how Amanda's here, and Eli's here, and the story goes on. Many people in here could say the same story. Somebody invited you, someone handed you a gospel track. Maybe you didn't understand it at first, but you came to church, and you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our story here as well. Peter was brought to Jesus by Andrew. Let me ask you this morning, who are you bringing to Jesus Christ, pointing them to Jesus Christ with your life, but also saying to them, come and see, come and see. Um, that is our story. You meet Jesus, and then you, in, uh, you introduce other people to Jesus, and, and it goes on, and it goes on, and on, and it's not us, okay? We can be the tool in the hand of the carpenter, but it's, it's, it's Jesus Christ that does the changing, not anything on our own, in our own will. So, um, getting back on track here, we see Peter, more of a dominant personality. We don't know a lot about Andrew, uh, but we know that he brought Peter to Christ, okay? So here's an incredible thing. God uses both of them. He uses both of them, and he uses them both in an incredible way. He uses them differently. He uses them uniquely. Everybody has uh, got the same mission as a born-again child of God to speak the name of Jesus Christ. You're doing a great job following me. I haven't even gotten there yet, but you can, I'll, I'll, I'll key you on, I'm sorry, I should have told you. I'm not giving them the points till the very end. I'm sorry, but... I can't, you're fine, you're fine. Come and see is where we're at right now, no problem. Um, I can't even follow myself up here sometimes, so it's okay, no, no problem. So God uses people uniquely, uses them differently, okay? The people that you, that, uh, that you can you get encountered with this week, it, people I'll probably never meet. And when I say that is, is probably one Caleb Schnur is enough, okay? Thank you for not saying amen right there. But uh, everybody has a different job to do. We all have the same mission, and God's going to use you if you're willing and if you're able to. And how can, let me ask you, that, ask that question, how can I point B people to Jesus Christ? It doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter your story, all it, means, all it matters is, is Jesus Christ. So now we get to, sorry, a little bit uh, backtracking here, verse 43. Next we see Philip. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find a Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now, Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now, we don't know a lot about Philip either. Um, there's a, not a whole lot that we can do, but look at, uh, know about him as far as rock solid info again, but look at verse 45. Philip findeth, uh-oh, here he goes, he's finding something. Nathaniel saith unto him, we have found him. Now, don't miss this. Don't miss this. We're going to come back to this first. But we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did, right? Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So next we see, uh, we, we see Nathaniel here. In other gospels, uh, they're listed as Bartholomew. It's not a contradiction. There, it wasn't uncommon to have many different names or nicknames at this time, and it can be confusing. But verse 45, we see that Nathaniel is found by Philip, and he comes to Jesus. Look at number 46. And Nathaniel saith unto him, can there be any good thing out of Nazareth? Look at what Philip says to Nathaniel. Philip saith unto him, come and see. I love this. I love this. Did you catch that? So now Jesus says to his disciples, come and see. Come and see. And now people are bringing people to Jesus Christ. And he says, is there any good thing that can come out of Nazareth? And uh, he could have just simply said, well, absolutely. Absolutely. But he just says, come and see come and see. And uh, Nathaniel, almost, almost like he's a little disdained a little bit and says that, uh, is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And, but here what is amazing is Nathaniel, when, uh, when Jesus saw Nathaniel coming, look at verse number 47. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Um, verse number 48, Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip calleth thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now there's a lot of people that have different uh, ideas with what he meant by being under the fig tree. Some say, I don't know if it was earlier that week, earlier that day, or years ago. But here, the, the, point, uh, the point that I want to make with this verse here is look how uh, Nathaniel was literally like, how do, you, how do you know these things? And look how Jesus responds to Nathaniel. Let's back up again to verse number 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Look at verse number 49 here. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Now, told you we we're coming back to it. Go back to verse number 45. Let's read this. Let's read this again. Philip find Nathanael, saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So, hey, he is the one we have been waiting for. He is the one that we have read about. He's the one we have been, been longing to. He is here. He's the Lamb of God. He is the Messiah. He is here. This is him. We found him. Nathaniel believes that Jesus, in fact, is the Messiah because of the omniscience of Christ. Okay, Nathaniel sees this as, man, you, you must be because you, you, you saw me under the fig tree. You knew about me uh, before, Phil, uh, before I was even found. Philip found me. You knew me. And look at verse number 50. Jesus says this. Look at verse 50. John 1, verse 50. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under a fig tree, under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Wow. Nathaniel is so blown away by the omniscience of Jesus Christ. And Jesus just says, excuse my interpretation here, you just wait. Greater things are about to happen. And, God, and you're gonna, you're, you were amazed by that? You just wait. And look at verse number 51. And we'll be done here in just a minute. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And uh, we believe this to be a reference back to Genesis 28, Jacob's ladder where the angels were ascending and descending from God to Jacob. And many believe this is a, a picture of, of Jesus who is that greater access now between man and God. But the point is this. We see that Nathaniel, it was a more of a miraculous thing, if I can use that word, that brought him to Christ. He was amazed uh, he was amazed at what Jesus Christ knew. And Philip went and he found him and he brought him. But we see the omniscience of Jesus caught, caught his attention. And the awesome thing is this, that there are many different ways that people come to Christ. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying there's many ways to heaven. There's only one way, that's Jesus Christ. We've already established that. But there's different ways that people come to Christ in the fact of some get saved at a young age, some get saved at an older age. Uh, my testimony would be that I was, I was saved at a very young age. I was five years old. And I don't look at, I don't look at uh, my testimony as something that is not miraculous. It's still miraculous. And then we can go around the room to people that says that I was saved out of a life of, and we fill out, fill in all these things, right? Like, I murdered six people, and I'm on death row, and all this. 
anyways, what I'm just saying is we, we paint this picture, we say, what an incredible story. They're both an incredible story, uh, but and some people must say, oh, the other one's kind of boring because you didn't really have a powerful testimony. No, Jesus Christ just saved, if you have that testimony too, Jesus Christ just saved you before that. You were spared from that. And then those that have gone through it, all of them would say, I wish I would have never gone through that, but I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ and his mercy that saves and brings in that changing that only Jesus Christ can bring. And uh, I, I will say this, that probably uh, many of us would raise our hand and, and, and agree that have children. I want my children to have, if I can quote in quotes, I want them to have a boring testimony. I don't want them to say, hey, I went through all this and I tasted the world and saw the things of the world and then I came to Christ. No, I want them to become to come to Christ at a young age and to be spared from that. But the, the point is this, there's many ways, there's, many, there's different stories. Every story is different, but they all point back to what Jesus Christ can do to one life. What he can do, and he changes. Maybe your story is a lot like mine. Maybe your story is a little bit different, but that's still a miraculous work by God. And uh, as we close, I want to leave you with a couple applications, and uh, we'll be done. And uh, I think that's probably why I was confusing. I said all these already, but here we're just going to wrap them up here. Number one, we are called, we are called to follow Jesus. Uh, we are called to follow him, not the other way around. Okay, a lot of times some people we can get distorted, we can get confused that uh, when, when someone gets saved, it's just going to be a life of, of blessings and everything. God's going to give me all these great things. Nothing bad is ever going to happen. Uh, no, there's blessings that come. And yes, there's bad stuff that still can come in because we still live in a sin cursed world. And of course, Jesus Christ is the most meaningful, joyful, the best life that anybody could ever live. But it's not Jesus, catch this, not Jesus following us. We are called to follow him. Following Jesus is a call that we have. So let me ask you this morning. It's not a once saved, always saved. Absolutely. But it's not just, okay, I'm saved. All right. And I'm just going to go about my life. I, I'm good. It's a daily call to follow Jesus. I don't want to... I fall so short of being maybe the, the Christian or the husband or the father that I need to be but I need to get back up every single day. Jesus, I need your help today. I don't want to just be a good Christian. I don't want to just be a good husband or a good father. I want to be the best because of Jesus Christ, and I want to point people, and I want to keep Christ centered in my life. We are all called to Jesus. Not a one-time decision. Yes, once saved, always saved, but it's a daily thing. And so I think about just, man, the, the devil is such on attack, attack, attacking our homes, attacking our men, and saying, oh, I don't need to be a spiritual leader. I got my fire insurance. I'm good. No, we need more people to rise up and say, for such a time as this, I'm going to praise the name of Christ. I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to speak his name I'm going to speak the name of Jesus Christ. We are called to follow Jesus. And if you've never called on his name, I urge you today to take that, take that, next, take that first step and ask Jesus Christ to come in your life and save you from your sins. It's nothing that we can do. It's all because of him. Just this past week, I was speaking with someone who had mentioned that, uh, well, I, I, hope, I hope that I could get to heaven. I took him to Ephesians 2, and I said, it's, it's not our works. that get us to, It's not our works. It's all because of Jesus Christ. It's faith through him. And if it was our works, why did Jesus Christ ever come and die for us? No, he came and he paid that because there was no hope for us. It's only Jesus Christ. And so we are called to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never called on him. I urge you to do that today. And for those that have called, on him. It's a daily decision to follow Jesus. Number two, not only were you called to follow Jesus, but number two, following Jesus is taking that next step in what Jesus is calling you 
to do. Now, all of us, again, have the same mission, pointing people to Jesus Christ, but we all have different fields that we're in. What is God calling you to do? Maybe it's to step out and talk to that family member or that coworker or that neighbor or that uh, fill in the blank and, and say, come and see. Come and see. See what Christ has done in my life. See how Christ has changed my life. Not because I'm something great. No, all because of Jesus Christ. How do we discover God's will for your life? Right here, the word of God. And to fill our mind and our hearts with the word of God uh, by understanding who Jesus is and what life and relationship with him looks like you too can uncover God's will for your life and walk with Jesus. And that's not, uh, I remember many times, especially as a teenager, I can't wait till I grow up to serve God. I can't wait five years, eight years down the road to then know what God's will for my life is. No, I'm, I missed it for several, for several years. God's will is right now, today. What is God calling you to do today? Now, I'm not saying be a fool and not plan for the future. There needs to be, I remember one time someone said, I don't need to go to college. Christ is going to come back before I go to college. Well, that was, and I'm not saying you have to go to college, but in, uh, in, that, in that conversation, that was 15 years ago, okay? And I'm glad that that person ended up going, going to college. But how can I understand Jesus by reading this word? We are called to follow Jesus. Number two, following Jesus, taking that next step and what Jesus is calling you to do. Number three, following Jesus is a call to tell others about Jesus. We've touched on that so much this morning. Uh, maybe you're saying, I want the blessings, I want God's direction, I want, I want his goodness in my life, but let me just, I'm not trying to be harsh with you this morning, but we can't even do the main thing, what God has called us to do, and that is to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to everywhere, everywhere that we go. Speak the name of Christ. God has called us all to do that. So you say, I, want, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in these areas. Well, I know what you're supposed to do as a believer. God, you're supposed to tell others about him. And let's work on that. Let's be mission-minded about the Great Commission. I'm going to tell people about Jesus Christ. And not just, a, not just a Sunday afternoon after church on the way to the restaurant or leaving a track. That's all good to do. But a daily, a daily thing. Speak the name of Christ. Not only are we called to follow Jesus. Number two, following Jesus is taking the next step in what Jesus is calling you to do. Number three, following Jesus is a call to tell others about Jesus. Number four, Jesus takes, we saw this, ordinary people and he uses them in extraordinary ways. And you look at just through scripture, and you look at just people, and even in your own life, how God has used uh, people in your life, but Jesus changes people. Jesus changes lives. I love uh, sitting back and just watching Christ work in people's life. And I'm not saying sitting back and not help uh, for the work of Christ, but seeing how the word of God gets into someone's heart and changes them. I love watching how the power of what Jesus does in someone's life. It's not us that does the changing. We point them, we bring them, Come and see, we bring them to Christ and we watch Christ do the extraordinary through them. It's not just or should not just be the brand new believer who just gets saved and gets on fire and starts telling, it should be for everyone. Whether you've been saved for your whole life or just saved for a little bit, we all need to be growing and on that process, right? That process of sanctification where we're, we're growing and we're maturing. We make mistakes, but we're growing. There needs to be some changes that are made. Uh, Jesus takes those ordinary people, ordinary fishermen, uh, not well-known, don't know a lot about all of them, obscure, different backgrounds, different upbringings, and he, had a, he used them in a tremendous impact for the cause of Christ. Don't ever <laughs> overlook the power of one life that Jesus Christ can bring. Oh, that person, I don't think that person will ever get saved. Come and see, come and see. Keep praying, keep praying. Uh, Jesus Christ is the one that does the changing. God wants to do... An incredible, 
an incredible work through you, not for your name's sake, uh, but for his, and for his glory, and for his kingdom. In closing, I just want to just mention very briefly here, uh, I don't like to rush through this, but I mentioned it already, but if you've never asked Jesus Christ to save you, never had a day that you can look back and say, I know, I know that I know that I know, no matter what happens to me down here, I know I have a home in heaven, not because of anything I did, not because of going to church, not because of all these good things that we like to write down, no, all because of what Christ did for me. I've accepted, I've acknowledged I'm a sinner. I've accepted his gift of salvation, his death, burial, and resurrection that he did for me. I deserved it, but he paid that debt. I'm accepting. I believe on his name, and I'm going to choose to follow, follow Christ and call on his name. If you've never done that before, I urge you, I urge you to do that today. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this example here. Lord, I think of many people just as I'm going through the scripture, the many people in my life that pointed me to Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to, to continue. Lord, not just get saved, and then we sit on, the, sit on the bench and never get in the game. Lord, help us to just get after it and be busy about your, your kingdom, Lord, and to build your kingdom by telling people about Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that uh, as we are dismissed today that you maybe have encouraged someone, uh, maybe that someone that, that's in their life, they don't know if they, they're saved or not, but they, you'll give them, Lord, I pray you give them an opportunity this week to share the gospel with them. Lord, we ask your blessing upon the remainder of the service. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Let's go ahead and let's just, uh, as Brother Dave begins to play, we'll sing a song in just a minute. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, you, you can stand right now as Brother Dave begins to play. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I just want to give you a two-minute opportunity really here. If you'd like to come and ask Christ to uh, come to your life and save you, you can come and speak to us, and we'll, we'll, we'll show you from the Word of God what it means to be a child of God. Uh, maybe you hear this morning.